Welcome to Indie Beauty Radio with your host, Rachel Whitaker, founder of the Indie Beauty Delivers community. Hello, hi, welcome to another episode of Indie Beauty TV. My name is Rachel Whitaker and I'm the founder of the Indie Beauty Delivers community, which is a place where all you beautypreneurs can hang out and network and learn and share. Um, and I would love you to come and be a real part of that um, community. Today is a solo, a solo episode. You've just got me. Um, but I have got some amazing guests lined up uh, for the next few weeks. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about them at the end. So stay tuned and make sure you hear all the amazing guests that are coming up. You cannot have failed to notice the recent announcement by Lush Cosmetics that they were going to take themselves off social media. And it has left the industry reeling, um, both the uh, beauty industry itself, but also the marketing industry. Everybody is pulling their hair out. They're like, what? How can a brand which is so influential uh, and so uh, big on, Insta on Instagram and Facebook and social, I think they've got over a million followers across all those platforms. You know, how can they leave it? What on earth is in their heads? Uh, it's got everybody talking. Now, last week I published a blog which basically put the move that they've made, what they've done into context. Uh, so I explained what it is they've done, why they say they've done it, and what they're intending to replace social with. So I'm not going to go into the details of that today because... It's not the interesting part, <laughs> but if you want to see that blog, just pop over to my website, click on the blogs tab. Um, it's the second most recent blog because I have launched today a new blog and it's all about the six lessons that I think we as indie beautypreneurs can learn from the move and the decision that Lush has made. This is the interesting bit. This is why I've turned it into the topic for Indie Beauty TV today as well. I would love to hear what you think on this topic. So when you're watching this video, just, um, you know, go whenever, even if you're not watching it live, you're watching it on replay, do give me some comments because this is a really, really interesting subject and I'd love to really understand how you're feeling about it and what your take on it is. So let's have a look at the lessons that I think we as indie beautypreneurs can learn from this recent announcement uh, by Lush. And I'm going to give you six lessons in total. Three of them are positive things that I think we should all be going out and doing straight away. Three of them are things that I think we shouldn't be doing and that we must never, ever repeat. So let's have a look at the positive stuff first because it's much more interesting. So the first thing, uh, that the lesson that I think we should be learning is that we should never be afraid to be different, to innovate, to shake things up and to stand out. Lush have never been uh, shy in coming forwards. They've always been renowned for their environmental, their political, their social attitudes and the way that they stand up and believe vocally uh, in, in, in many different causes. Um, and this announcement to leave social media is much in the same vein. 
there is some shock in that. There's some, whoa, what are you doing? Um, but it's very bold and it's very different. In an age, hi Zia, in an age where, hi Nancy, in an age where most of us are clawing away at social media, trying to build our following and trying to get that, you know, that growth. It seems insane to walk away from over a million followers. So this is a really bold, it's a really innovative, it's a really kind of stand out, shake things up kind of thing uh, that they're doing. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that we can learn from what Lush are doing. If we want to really make a success of our business as independent businesses. We gotta be different. We gotta find those things that make us different. We've gotta approach the way we do things differently. Um, and let's think about some of the most biggest brands out there nowadays, um, because all of them have done exactly that. They've chosen or made a really conscious decision and chosen to be different. So think about Glossier and Emily Weiss. I mean, they launched, um, she launched with the radical kind of new approach of saying, hey, I want to be part, I don't want to be part of this industry that tells customers and consumers what makeup and what skincare they should be using. I want to swift that, swivel that on its head and I want to be a brand that creates the products that my customers want to use. She was also extremely maverick in her attitude to the fact that she said, like, I don't want to work with retailers. I want to be a direct consumer only platform. At the time that she did that, that was like woo, seriously, seriously uh, challenging. And, you know, that's led in five years since they launched for her to be able to grow her company to, I think, $34 million. And I'm sure I listened to a podcast the other day which said that, I think uh, it was a couple of years ago, she did her second round of investment and she ended up being um, something like the, the highest uh, grossing, uh, sort of getting the highest investment of a female entrepreneur uh, for the year or something like that. So, you know, she was bold, she was brave, she stuck her neck out and she did it differently. Um, think of The Ordinary and Brandon Truax, again, deliberately um, and contentiously, let's say, in, Brand in Brandon's case, I think. He stuck two fingers up to the establishment and he said, I know how much ingredients cost and I'm not prepared. I I'm not prepared to, to mark that upload. So I want to create real um, products with real efficacy and I want to charge you as consumers with integrity. That was a really bold move when he set that up and he did that. He did things differently. And so I guess the first lesson that comes out of what Lush are doing is if you want to seriously make a big old massive dent in the beauty world, which let's face it, we all do, then you've got to be a bit more lush, you've got to be a bit more wise, you've got to be a bit more true acts. You've got to really think creatively boldly and innovatively about how you are going to differentiate yourself both visually but also in the strategies and the way you're going to market as well so my first lesson second lesson 
Um, and again, this is a this is a really great one. Um, user generated content can be a magic fairy dust for your brand. So user generated content, um, all that means is that some of the content that you use on your social media comes is generated by your followers, your tribe, your crew. And one of the things that Lush have talked about is that they're going to pull themselves off social media. They're going to shut down. What I should say is they're going to shut down their own platforms on social media but they are still going to encourage their followers and their raving fans to post about them on social media using the hashtag Lush Community. So what they're doing there is they're handing the power of their social media over to their fans and their followers. They're asking them to put content out there, their own content out there using that hashtag. So that's really clever and again it's a nice innovative way of doing things um, because there is nothing more powerful when it comes to driving sales than having your product seen in the hands of normal and i say that in inverted commas normal people just people spending money buying your product, loving it and telling the world about it. There's nothing more authentic than that. That's not big influencer marketing. It's not macro influencer. It's not micro influencer. It's just everyday, normal people loving your stuff. Um, and so by doing that, Lush are handing the, the, the narrative, if you like, over to their fans. They're trusting their fans, and I'm going to come on to that in a minute, to post great stuff about them and to keep the buzz about Lush, Lush, Lush Cosmetics still going on the internet and still going on social media, but without them having to do anything. So if you want to have a look at a brand who do this really, really well, then you can have a look at Fenty Beauty, Rihanna's brand. So um, I think that Fenty Beauty have had two hashtags actually. They have Fenty Face and I think they have Fenty Beauty. And um, if you go Google, if you go Google, if you go search on Instagram against Fenty Face, I think there's over 67,000 posts on there that have used Fenty Face. They are all people like you and me who have bought the Fenty products and love them and want to be seen using them and want to tell the world about them. So, you know, and if you look at um, another brand that are really great at this, and I don't want to harp on about them because I've already used them as an example, but Glossier do this a lot as well. They encourage their fans and they've grown their online brand and their online presence largely with wonderful content coming from their fans. So for all of you out there who are thinking, yes, but I'm not Rihanna and I'm not Emily, um, let's remember that Emily was you a few years ago. She's not famous. She did this from, she did this from scratch. But you can start to have a think about how you can do this user-generated content. Can you give your brand a unique hashtag? Can you encourage your followers to use that hashtag? So put something in. We, we didn't. We did. We talked about this recently, I think, on one of the Indie Beauty TVs. Put something in your parcel so that when your customers open them, they read an you know an earnest um, uh, sort of approach from you to you know please if you love this 
please get on social media, use this hashtag, help me spread the word, get them involved. And you know, if you can then search that hashtag on Instagram and you can pick up this content and you can repost it and you can use it in your own social to help build that peer-to-peer -peer selling, which works so, so, so well. So second lesson is all about that user-generated content can be the real magic fairy dust um, when it comes to growing your brand. Um, and Lush are doing that with the hashtag Lush community hashtag. Okay, third lesson um, is that we all need to make sure that we are building our business foundations or some of our business foundations on land that we own. So let me put that, make that really simple. Um, when you are using uh, social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, wherever you are, to build your brand awareness and to grow your community and your tribe, you don't own those platforms. Um, and at any moment, those platforms can change their algorithms. We know that. Um, they can sometimes have outages. Um, we recently had a, a few days where uh, Instagram had a few little, little blips. Um, and you know, it could be out for an hour. It could be out for a day. Heaven forbid, one day we might wake up and these platforms don't exist. If you've built your entire business on those platforms, you would lose all that work, all those, all that energy and that effort that you had made would disappear overnight. Now that's extreme, but what you need to do is build some of your business foundations on land that you own. And I just want to take you back to the Lush things. We're learning lessons from Lush. Um, so what Lush are doing is they're taking their community uh, offline. They're bringing it away from social. And they are putting it on emails, telephone calls, and also their web chat. Now, all of those three things they firmly own. And any data they collect off those, they own. It's not locked away in a Facebook. It's not locked away in uh, an Instagram. It's owned by them. And that's really, really important. So if we look at it from your point of view, you need, of course, to be building your presence and your community on social. And I'm going to talk about that in a, in a, in a few seconds. But you also need to be building your foundations on land that you own yourself. So from our point of view, email marketing, your email list is absolutely king. You would own that data. And email marketing is a, such a powerful tool um, because it is in the offline world. You are getting into people's email boxes. You are talking to them directly and you're able to get personal. But for the purposes of this sort of sort of talk, you own that data. It's yours. No one can take that away from you and you can communicate with those people. So for all of you out there, one of the key elements of your marketing strategy must be to build this email list. It, you, you need a really robust lead magnet. That's a reason for somebody to sign up to your um, 
email list. You need a strategy to keep rolling that out and building your email list. And then you need to have another strategy to keep talking to these people regularly. Oh, sorry, just kicked my tripod. Regularly on um, through the through your email function. Uh, so. I'm going to just read you something from Chris Ducker. I don't know whether any of you are familiar with Chris. He's, um, I guess, he's a business mentor um, and he uh, mentors founder-led brands. Um, He's got a book called The Rise of the Youpreneur, I think. It's well worth a read um, because most of us here are are founder-led brands. But he says, if you're not focusing on getting your community off of Facebook or anywhere else online that you have no real control over, and into your privately owned ecosystem, then you are fundamentally building your home on rented land. So my third kind of lesson of what you can do and learn from from a positive aspect with Lush is make sure that your marketing strategy and your business is being built on your own land as well as land that you are renting. And the best way that you can do that as independent brands is through your email list. Okay, now I'm going to go through the three lessons that I think you um, can learn. And they're, I don't want to call them negative, that's wrong. But they're things that Lush have done that I don't think that you should be repeating. And again, I'd love to hear your views on this. So add your comments in below on the comments box. So the first thing that I think Lush are doing wrong, if you like, is abandoning social media. And I would not recommend that any of you consider abandoning social media um love it or hate it we are living in a digital world and i think we have to accept that it is only going to get more digital as we go forward uh for you know for for uh for those people who are um uh you know younger than i am there are generations coming through who are digitally native they know nothing else they, they you know they don't they don't know they don't know what a normal phone an old phone was so things are just going to get more digital this isn't going to end it's not something which has popped up and is going to disappear as a trend we are going to become more digitally advanced as we go so if you want to set up a brand long term if you want a brand that's robust and is going to survive then it has to have a digital footprint it has to have a footprint on social media and you have to keep up with what's happening happening on social media to keep your brand relevant. So a lot of people can feel that um, social media is quite a young person's thing, but actually with with the sort of generations that are digitally native coming through, the effect of that is that they are pushing their views upwards. It's a really interesting time uh, in in our sort of cultural development in that historically, um, we've grown up in the same way that our parents and we've changed a little bit, but our views have been largely to, to sort of, you know, influenced by our parents. What's actually happening now is incredible is that the generations coming through below are actually influencing us and influencing the grandparents. So you're seeing uh, people in their 60s becoming digitally aware and going on Facebook and going on Instagram and, and watching YouTube. It's this whole kind of really fascinating change. Um And so I don't think there are many brands out there now who can say that their demographic isn't on social. So, I mean, a few stats for you. 42% of the world's population are active on social media. 91% of millennials are on it. 
80% of Gen X and amazingly 50% of the baby boomers are on there. So there's not many of you out there who can say, hey, my guys don't hang out on social. And the old marketing adage of you have to hang out where your, you know, where your followers, where your crew, where your tribe hang out is still really, really important. You need to be where they are if you want to get noticed. So, you know, we are living in a digital age, which is only going to get more digital. We as brand owners have to accept that, uh, even if it's totally uh, difficult for us to do that. And we've got to stay with it and we've got to innovate and we've got to stay on top of this digital trend in order to stay relevant. So my lesson there is don't leave social media. I don't believe it's the right thing. I'm interested to see how this is going to roll out with Lush. Um, but don't leave social media. Lesson five, always control your own message. Um, so by removing themselves from social media, by shutting down their own social media accounts, Lush is handing over the narrative about their brand to the consumers, to the public, to their fans. Now, I mentioned earlier that can be a really positive thing because you've got raving crazy fans who want to talk about you. Um, the Glossier crew and things like that, you know, they're like, woo, woo, Fenty's brilliant. There are those people, but there are also people who, are, who will use that to negatively, you know, there, there, there can be negative impact from that. And actually, Lush have experienced that um, themselves. I don't know whether any of you remember the Spy Cop campaign that they had. Um, where they used their storefronts and um, possibly uh, their, their social media to talk about, um, hi Ellie, um, to talk about um, a police, what they thought was a police scandal about undercover cops. Um, and that really blew up in their face on social. They got absolutely inundated with lots of um, sort of uh, throwback and comeback on that. Um, and there were rumours in the press, they were unsubstantiated, that they actually deleted some of that negative stuff off of their social media accounts. So Lush really understands the challenge of giving your narrative over to the public, yet they're still doing it. My advice to you would be to have a presence on your social media platforms and control your voice. Really, really important to be able to to sort of you know craft your own brand story and craft your own brand direction. So, you know, handing over complete control of what's happening on social to someone else, don't do that. Uh, it's it's interesting because it's in line with uh, selling on Amazon. Actually, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of brands will go and decide to sell on Amazon. Because if they don't put their brands, their products on Amazon, somebody else will. And they want to control the narrative. They want to control how their, their brand is represented on Amazon. So they simply go on Amazon for that for the fact to, you know, to protect their own brand reputation. Um, so be wary and always control your own message wherever you can. And finally, the final message I've got for you, your final lesson is don't rely on influencers. <laughs> um, and the reason I added that into what's happening here with Lush is they have hinted at the fact that one of the things that they might do instead of social media in the traditional way that we've seen them do it is rely more heavily on the use of what they're calling Lush personalities. Now, what we're not sure yet is are they going to be big influencers that we know 
media personalities, celebrities? Are they going to be um, influencers on a more micro level that are already part of Lush's tribe? Are they going to be members of the Lush team themselves? We don't really know. Or are they just going to be general user, you know, the user generated content? Is it just going to be people like you and me? If they were looking at the tactic of using the bigger influencers, then I think that would be a really bad idea. And it's certainly a, an idea that I would encourage you guys to avoid doing, paying for, for this kind of influence. I think the day of the big influencer marketing is through. Consumers are much more savvy now about influencer marketing. They recognize it for what it is and they're not impressed or moved by any kind of talk about stuff when they obviously know that that person has been paid a huge amount of money to actually say nice things. So influencer marketing is changing itself. Um, you don't need to put big money into big names. Uh, smaller influencers, micro influencers, influencers from your own maybe loyal customers that you've got who might want to talk about you on a regular basis. That's a much better place to be. Um, but it's part of an overall campaign. Don't rely on influencers to generate all of your, um, your coverage. So I guess that, that that's it. They're my kind of six lessons for you that I think you can learn uh, from what we've seen Lush do. Um, and I think what's going to be really interesting to watch is Lush have said this is not the end, it's the beginning of something new. So it's been a big thing in the press. There's been a big reaction to it by all of us and we're all like scratching our heads about what's going on. I think they'll keep that... Um, uh, sort of expectation going for a bit. I don't think they'll announce yet what they're going to replace social with. Um, I think they'll drive as much publicity out of this as they possibly can, and why not? Um, and I think it's going to be just very, very interesting to uh, follow this story and see how things progress. So if you've got any comments, let's put them in the uh, comments for me. Love to hear what you're saying. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that I have got some stellar guests lined up. For the next few months on Indie Beauty TV. Um, I'll be doing some posts about this separately. But to give you a little bit of a rundown, whew, I have got um, somebody who is going to come and talk to us, a real expert and great friend of mine, Yvonne, who's going to come and talk to us about how to get into the press. Um, so the more traditional press, we're talking about TV, radio, papers and magazines, because I know that was once something that loads of you have asked about. Um, I've got somebody uh, coming on. Oh, I've got Simon from um, Be Good, who has just done a hugely successful crowdfunding um, uh, with his brand. He's going to come on and tell us all about how he did that and how he did it so successfully. I think they made something like 200% of their original target or something. So that is going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, I'm bringing on Jen, who is an exceptionally talented Pinterest coach. She is going to uh, give us some insight into how we can be using Pinterest as a way to develop our business. That's an innovative way you might want to think about that's a bit different when it comes to social media and marketing. Uh, I've got Justina coming on. Justina is uh, an ex-BBC film kind of maker, I guess. Um, and she now runs this amazing consultancy that works with um, independent brands, helping them to 
create amazing video content, but she also teaches how to create amazing uh, video content. And I know, or we all know, that video content is the way forward when it comes to content marketing. So Justina is going to come on and talk to us um, about some top tips on how to create awesome video content. Is that everybody that I've got lined up? I think that's everybody at the, for the time being. But isn't that huge? Um, and they are all coming up before the end of June. So it's going to be a pretty... Oh, no! I've got Amy coming on. I think Amy's here next week, actually, or maybe the week after. She's an SEO expert. So she is going to come on and talk to you about how you can um, DIY your own SEO and, uh, and get the biggest sort of uh, reach that you possibly can through your web content. Woo! It is going to be an exciting few weeks. Um, I am going to go. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Um, please put your comments in. I really want to hear and have a little bit of a debate and find out what the conversation is on this. Don't forget you, that you can come and join me um, and be part of the Indie Beauty Delivers community on Facebook, in my Facebook group, on Instagram, and most importantly, go over to my website and make sure you are a member of my exceptional, exclusive, and very special email group because you get access to all um, the unseen stuff that I don't publish elsewhere. Mwah. Loads of indie hugs and love to you all. It's been an awesome episode. I will see you all soon. Bye! The Indie Beauty Delivers community is a place for beautypreneurs across the globe to network, learn and share. You're invited to join in on Facebook, Instagram and sign up to Rachel's special email group to receive weekly blogs packed full of expert tips. Visit IndieBeautyDelivers.com to sign up.